welcome to Limitless Yvonne the Podcast. I'm your host Yvonne Sharma, or otherwise known as Ivan. I get very inspired when it comes to helping others by providing tips and advices through my experience in life. I hope to motivate others to help provide a framework to a limitless mindset. Tune in once a week every Friday where I share my insights on personal development while occasionally bringing on some guests to talk about their experiences in life in hopes to provide tips to take away on your journey to a limitless mindset. Welcome to episode 17 with my buddy and friend and a brother, Ian. As a former active alcoholic, Ian McGrills has been through hell and lived to tell the story on the other side. His work and speeches gives his audience members a glimpse of to what his life was like as an active alcoholic. Ian reveals what actually drove him to alcohol addiction, what life was like as an addict, and what his life looks like now today as a sober, grateful, recovering alcoholic. Welcome, Ian. Welcome to the show. Great to have you. Sure. Yeah, great to be here, man. Um, so let's just go through, I guess, what life was like before, like growing up and how it led to your alcohol addiction. Sure, man. Yeah, so like life was uh life was definitely wild act as an active alcoholic as well as uh before, you know, beforehand I had a pretty wild childhood growing up. And uh, <clears throat> that definitely led to some really, really unhealthy coping skills, one of the main ones being alcohol. And uh that was pretty early on. So I started drinking at like fourteen and then um started really, really picking up drinking at like sixteen, like daily, pretty much all day. And uh that that came out, um, you know, to some pretty bad ends pretty quick. Uh, I got arrested three times before I graduated high school. Fourth was being on the day before graduation. I got a DUI. And, um, you know, at that point, it certainly caused me to examine the behavior, but not in the sense of like, I need to stop more of like, I can't just be doing the same thing I was doing. Um, I need to drink differently. Um, and that kind of led to called controlled drinking that led to like a four-year bout of that um and that's when you just as an alcoholic and as somebody which myself I would have admitted to you at like 16 that I was an alcoholic because I knew that I was four-year bout what do you mean what's that uh so like a four-year bout would be like so like a fight like it's like when Uh as like myself like I knew I was an alcoholic. I just didn't want to stop drinking. So I took a huge effort to try to control that being, I need to drink different and I need to drink less and I can't drink here. I can't do that. So you try to control it is what it's called controlled drinking versus like if the average person like examines how they drink, like they're not trying to control it. They're just like aware that they either do or don't have a problem with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that like, by the time I was, we'll say 22, we'll fast forward a little bit. I'm 24 now. Um, I was in a pretty bad spot. COVID had just hit. Um, I'd been out of work for a couple of weeks. Um, I ended up getting a surgery that was, t- took me out for another three weeks. So in a period of like two months, I was like bedridden pretty much or like at home 
with nothing to do for like a month and a half. So I, I went pretty much like mentally crazy at that point. You know, I've been drinking and smoking like every day. And um, I went out on a Thursday and said it was going to be the last time I drank for a while, you know, to get my kind of head screwed on straight. And I ended up getting another DUI that night. And um, thankfully, that was kind of like enough, you know, because when I got that first one in 2016, on uh, this now being 2020, I told myself I'd never be in that situation again. And I was. Um, so a brick wall moment yeah yeah kind of just like the, the the downfall you know the inevitable which is like, like i held it together for a long time i mean i had a job i had a car i paid rent i did a b and c but like i was pretty empty inside dude you know and like alcohol was what i sought out to fill that void and it didn't work in a repetitive fashion so um you know it it ended and and today I'm really you know that ties into the gratitude that we talked about in the intro is like dude I'm grateful for all the experiences I went through because they give me powerful examples like to stay sober as yeah. well as just like you know real real indications like I know a lot of people in my program and, and in real life that like are still kind of fighting with the idea if they are are not an alcoholic and some of it has to do with like if you don't accumulate enough like bad events as, as a drinker, as an over drinker, it's really tough to like justify to yourself that like you have a problem, you know, it's like, I have these things I do. Okay. Like I function more or less as part of society. And that was always it for me until it wasn't, you know, I'm just like, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not having fun anymore. You know, it's like yeah, a lot of time and money and just um, chaos, dude, you know, it's like, the amount that I was drinking towards the end was probably, you know, a half a handle a night, you know, maybe a quarter, half a handle a night. So like two, three bottles a week, uh, smoking like an ounce a week a week. And like, it was just a lot, dude, you know, and like, I hadn't been able to think clear for a long time and, and it did a lot of damage, you know, and, and, and alcohol definitely, I allowed alcohol to hold me back for a long time. Whereas like now I definitely like approach life in a whole different avenue. It's like doors open up to me, like the speaking, you know. Yeah. What what led to you to first drinking? Like this like just like childhood? More just dude, like teenage stuff, you know, like I kind okay. of still busy. Yeah, yeah, I kind of found it like like any other kid would. It's like I was interested in doing it from seeing like the other people in my lives doing it that had fun. So I found some, I split it with some friends and then like, it was okay for a while until it was more like, I just want to drink, you know, it, it became separate pretty quickly. Like within a year or two of just like, I don't really drink with friends. Like I either party or like, I don't do anything. You know, that was what I was in high school. Like I was a walking party. Like I didn't, play sports I didn't do what like I didn't do well in school and it wasn't because I wasn't smart I just never fucking went yeah. and when I went like I was I was fucked up you know it's like that was became part of my identity pretty quickly you know like I was the kid in high school that like sold weed and drank every single day and like that was kind of my identity you know so getting sober like I had to do an identity shift and I had to really kind of figure out and examine what was important was that like an identity crisis for you at that moment? I'd say even like deeper, dude. Like they say you have a three-part disease, like mental, spiritual, and physical. So like I've had to change 
all of that you know like I have a spiritual presence in my life like I, I cultivate mental and emotional understanding today and like so it's 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 pretty deep man it's like I I could have these conversations like with you and with Joe and all these guys in the past but like I would only really be interested in like helping you and talking about your problems and helping you find solutions yeah. and as soon as it would like turn to me and be like so how are you doing like what do you do I'd be like yeah like I'd rather not it's like you know, self when it comes to self-love loving yourself first correct yeah that wasn't present and like you know I was really good at taking care of people but I didn't take care of myself you know like ever so <laughs> ever up until like this probably year six 16 months it is this month so it's like you know up until this about a year and a half I just didn't yeah. really care enough to you know what I mean so what kind of things that shifted for you that really had to change in order to you get to the next level? I'd say like definitely like so when when you first start out, you implement what's called like a program and that's being like a, like a way to stay sober and mine's 12 step as well. So what that involves is the 12 steps, which like I'd leave that open for anybody to like do their research on, you know, explaining them all in depth doesn't really serve you or anyone because they would just be better served to look at look at it and see how they view it but so it's a 12-step recovery program what it involves is working those steps going to meetings which is a good good way to implement a routine as well as um cultivating a spiritual presence like as in i have a higher power and i choose to call that god but like that doesn't look like the christians or the muslims or the anyone's variation of god it's a, they call it in the in the book that i read from my program that is a, a god of my understanding so it's really cool because it's like it, it gives you that insight and that separation from like structural structural structured religion yeah. so it's just yeah. like dude it's my god you know and my god's loving and caring and understanding and like that helps you because it's like say you have an interaction and I know you, you you have where like you go out in public and you either like so you spill your coffee you trip getting out of the, like you trip or you fucking slide on the ice or so like life isn't going your way that day like you're able to like give up control of situations you can't do anything about like I can't change the fact that it snowed eight inches today like I have oh. to, you know it's like yeah. I you know I can't change um what is it I can't change how you act like you, I can only affect how I act like, and that's really what it helps you with because like through like life and stuff, I mean, even like on the highway, like if somebody cuts me off, it's like, I can't handle any of that. And like to get all riled up and fired up about it is really unhealthy, dude. And like, so it helps with things like that. That's how I utilize mine. It's like, we have this thing called the serenity prayer, dude. And it's like, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So it's like, it's super simple. And that's how we start every meeting. But it's like, dude, factual and, and also helpful. It's like, can I do anything about it? Cool. If I can, I got to fucking let it be. Like, I, I have to, you know what I mean? So it's cool, man. And then, uh, the other thing I'd say is like the next level thing is for anyone, even like starting out any process is like, you got to implement a routine. Like mine's like, I just have busy days. Like I've taken a couple of days out from the gym this week, but like I go to work, like I come home, I either eat or I feed my cats or something. And then like, dude, I go, I head up to the gym for like a couple hours, like five, six days a week. And like, 
it feels great because you're taking care of yourself, you know, and it's like the meetings I go to like probably two, three a week now, like I used to go to five or seven. And it's like, it's, it's more important to me that I utilize and apply the tools of the program to my life than the amount of meetings I go to. But like, I need to keep in touch with those people and I need to keep in touch with that part of myself. And so I go there and remind myself that I'm an alcoholic and remind myself that I have these tools to, to stay sober, you know? And um, yeah, man. Toolkit in your bucket. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, dude, hundred percent. They call it a spiritual toolkit. And like, it's, it's true though. It's like, dude, whenever you're meeting these situations of like friction, like realize you have tools or you fight, you, you lose every time, you know? And like, so that's a lot of next level, man, because like interactions with anyone, like people, coworkers, uh, business opportunities, like it's like, dude, you just, you, you try to utilize these tools from the program. And also I went to therapy for like over a year, like every, every week. And it's like, I learned so much about myself and the ability to like, like self mastery and stuff that like, it's just really, it's sweet, dude, because like, even when I have bad days or really like bad situations now, like I still realize that like, I'm okay, you know, and that's important because like before dude, I was never okay. And like, I can admit that now. It's like, I would always say I was fine, but like fine. Have you ever heard the acronym for fine? It's like fucked up, insecure, needy and emotional, dude. It's like, it's true though, dude. Like, and a lot of people say that, you know, I hate, that's like my least favorite saying. And like, I'm fine, dude. Most people that say that are fucking not fine. What's up? Apparently they're not. No, dude. Yeah. You're like, you're lying. Like I'm fine. You know, so people leave you alone <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah. So that's kind of my spiel. Well, that's great. Um, and then how does the speaking started for you? dude that was like a super cool opportunity that was us was 450 uh greek life and sorority students so wow. sororities fraternity yeah dude wow. it's kind of so what they call it in the aa dude is a god shot and it's like when god just evidently shows like a presence in your life and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you this situation and tell you why it's that it's like me and Joe had been talking since he started his like speaking thing full time, like a year ago or so. And he was like, dude, I, I think you have a good message and I want to put you on my website and like, see if, see if we can get you some, some gigs because he obviously he takes a portion of the money that I make from that. And um, dude, within like two weeks, the university of Memphis called him. Like he didn't even call. So like, they were like, we were interested in this speaker and this speaker um for like our they have like six programs in a uh like they run a program yearly and it involves six speakers where they on various different topics so they were like we'd love to have one on like alcohol awareness substance use and abuse because like sororities and fraternities party hard dude and like there's definitely there's always that fine line even if you're not an alcoholic you know like what what's safe and what isn't and like so I just talked to them like really honestly and really rawly as far as like, this is how you be unsafe. This is like how you be safe. And like, please, if you're in a position where you need help, like go get it, you know, it's, it's there for you and like drop some tools, dude. You know what I mean? Like I advocate for therapy. I advocate for, for a 12 step program. If you have a substance abuse issue and it's like, 
it's simple. It's not easy, dude, but it's like, those are the two things that you can do for yourself. Like if you're struggling and that's, that's something I try to tell anybody who, who needs to hear it. You know what I mean? Well, I was that night, uh, I think last week, when was it? When you, when did this was February 16th. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Walk- it was sweet though, dude. Yeah. Walk-, walk us through that moment for you. <laughs> I was definitely pretty nervous, dude. Yeah. But- so it's just like, to me, I look at it as like an increase in audience size as like I go. So like in, in my program, like AA, I speak to a lot of people, like not at all at once, but like I speak to like crowds of 30, 20 or 30, whenever I speak at a meeting. So like that was the start of it probably. And then like a few years ago now, it's probably actually like four or five. I spoke at my sister's wedding, which was super cool. And, um, so obviously that was great because it was like emotional in a positive way, but like there was like 120 people there and like I wrote a speech for it and everything and like it went really well. Like they were like, that was a super, super powerful speech. And like I, I wrote it from the heart. I didn't write it for like people to be like, that was dope, but like they still like, they were like, that was dope. And um, so it gave me some insight to the the fact that like, I do have a talent for like, for, I've always been a writer like English has come really natural like I mean I enjoy it um and then dude the speaking thing is just like I feel it's really important to do because like a lot of people are really uncomfortable speaking in public so the fact that like I'm not you know like I wasn't uncomfortable speaking in public I was uncomfortable because it was a huge fucking audience you know what I mean I wasn't like oh no I gotta speak in public on on Wednesday I was like that's gonna be 450 fucking kids like that's a lot of people but but like dude it's almost uh the the fear goes away because it's replaced by excitement like you're just like wow like that it's an opportunity to affect a lot of people because like 12 to 15 percent of like the population are are addicts so it's like in that room if you do out those percentages like there are people in there that like are either struggling know people that are struggling or like on the road to figuring out that they need help you know so at least everybody has some some tools that they perhaps might not have you know what i mean so it's dope dude it's dope what would you say in terms of tips or things if someone's uh, struggling with alcohol or any kind of substance, what kind of tips and suggestions would you give them? Mm. So it can start out with like one dude, just ask for help. <laughs> and it sounds simple, dude, but like, that's, that's a lot of like people and especially like addicts, like biggest problem, dude, it was mine. It's like, I'll figure it out. Right. Like I can figure out how to, how to solve this. I can figure out how to, how to get on top of it. And like, at a certain point, you just got to understand that, like, you need some help, you know, so it would be, it would be asking for help. And and that can look like a variety of things. Like for me, when I asked for help, it was in AA, like I asked, I told people where I was at, I ended up finding somebody they call a sponsor, which is like somebody who did just like, like, hit up and talk to about like your life, like on a consistent basis, make sure like you're all good, maybe asking for some advice. The other ones, dude, find a therapist. And, like, for me, like, I needed a uh, trauma and substance abuse specialist. And, like, dude, they have them. It's, like, the the craziest thing about therapists, as you know, I'm sure, is, like, you can implement your specific issue. It's, like, so if you have, like, 
like like trauma or, whatever, or like you have uh domestic abuse or like you, you can implement specific issues and search them for like therapists in your area and like a lot of therapists specialize in one thing or another so like find one and find a good one you know vet i would say that to anyone starting out in the, this process because it's pretty invasive is like vet the people in your life carefully you know like the the therapist you choose don't just choose one you know choose one that you feel is genuine kind caring and intelligent you know able to help you and the same with a sponsor it's like you know you don't want to call somebody that's just like gives you bad advice and shit you know like you want to find a genuine person it's it's like you with joe for example like that was you seeking out help you know to for improvement but then realizing that like the individual that you found was actually like a good person who like cares you know so it's like that dude like vet them and like get help you know those are the two things it's like find help and make sure it's good help you know that that'd be my best advice to people finally what would you say for the future what are you thinking when it comes to your speaking gig or anything else in your life so I would like definitely be super enthralled to do something in that avenue you know whether it be speaking or coaching or both uh as well as so the immediate next avenue is that I'm still on the website and that I'm still like being marketed more or less to colleges and around, you know, the nation. So we'll see where that lands. Like Joe says, there's positive feedback and, you know, I'm sure another gig is going to come down the pipeline. Uh, the other thing is like, I'm interested in, uh, you know, I would say personal like aesthetics, you know, I've always taken like a cool approach to, to being, um, comfortable and like the feminine energy as far as like taking care of myself like whether it be a nice haircut nice beard um so like I thought about something a while back and it stays as a as a back burner type of front runner deal is like uh there's this cosmetology program dude that I think would be sweet so like basically the, the avenue that I'm in is like service to people you know providing a service it's just a matter of like what that is dude could be those three things or it could just be one you know it could be a cosmetologist I could be a speaker I could be a coach or I could be simply a part-time and like all of them you know so that would be the next avenue but it sounds it's a lot of fun dude like I enjoy that I enjoy making people feel better if I can I enjoy making people look better if if, if they want to like it's it's all it's all kind of in the cards you know if I'm ready for it so everything Thank you so much for insight and perspective. Uh, Really honored to have you and speak to my listeners. And I hope they get a lot of feedback from you and get a lot of help from this. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. It was great to be here, dude. You know, one thing to like be on a podcast, another thing to be on it with a friend, dude. So that was sick and a good opportunity, man. And uh, as well, like you said, you know, I hope this is helpful to a lot of people. So. Thank you for listening to episode 17, Overcoming Addiction with Ian Acrylis. I hope I was able to inspire and motivate you guys in your journey of having a limitless mindset. I've created a unique link in the description below. Let me know what resonated with you guys. And remember, help me spread. And please help me spread the message across by tagging me on your Instagram stories at Limitless Ivan or Limitless Yvonne. 
at L-I-M-I-T-L-E-S-S underscore I-B-A-N. Thank you guys for always supporting and being there for me every week. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And remember, stay limitless. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.